Welcome back to episode 65 of the Shy Sports Weekly Podcast. Great show coming your way, folks. We had an awesome interview, great guest, former NFL tight end Clay Harbor, and also Bachelor Nation star. We get into his NFL playing career, talk a little Bears, and we get into a little Bachelor talk, too. First, Ty Kyle, how we doing, boys? Fellas, first off, we clap it up for the Bears. Clap it up for the Bears. And we're going we're gonna to give Ty a little up. We're going to clap it up for Mitch. Mitch and Mitchie and the Steelers. I mean, head, heading into that Bears game, like, what were you thinking? Like, did you think they had any chance of winning? No. <laughs> Not at I, all. I noticed, uh, so I noticed this about all the spreads on the games from the, the Sunday slate. The highest spread was six and a half points, and that's what the Niners were favored by against the Bears. No, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I saw the highest was Colts minus seven, but yeah, same shit. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest. I I did not think the Bears were. I thought they were gonna get boat raced and just I ran say, out of the field. I, I say never a doubt. Um, but yeah, no, they looked they looked good. Like they looked competent. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is between. I'm not a football guy. I just watch it and gamble on it. I don't I mean, know. Especially in the second half. Uh, Clay hits on it a little bit in the interview, but they did kind of open up the playbook. They got they they were very conservative in the first half, and then it was literally just flip of the switch in the second. Yeah, I loved it. Honestly, anytime like that, I think that Justin Fields touchdown was like with what was it with five minutes left in the third? Yep. Whatever it was. Honestly, just watching that play, I was like, oh my god, this is at that point you're like, we're we're winning this game. I hammered a Super Bowl future. <laughs> just started hammering the Bears. And no, the defense it, it, looked great. The fluce is on the loose. On it, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, he is. It was fun watching that game, though. I think watching like a shitty weathered game like that is like just so fun. It yeah. really is. It's just, it's good family fun. Is what just it getting. Is. I mean, where it's only one game, but getting winning football back in Chicago, it's it's what this city needs. We're hey, we're one and on our last one. That's all you can ask for. Four and on our last four. People forget that. People forget that preseason count. <laughs> Took me a second there. I was like, I don't know if that's right. But. <laughs> um, should, we get, should we kick it over to Clay? Yeah, I mean, we're if, we're going to dive into this heavily here. So uh, without further, further ado, Clay Harbor. All right, folks, we got an awesome guest on the show this week. Super excited to have former NFL tight end, local Chicagoan, Clay Harbor. Clay, thanks for joining us, man. Anytime, guys. Appreciate having me on. But no, no better way. I'd like to uh, to spend my uh, Monday night. Definitely not watching The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying you're not watching Broncos Seahawks right now? Yeah, no. I uh, I turned. I was I was watching. I'm surprised Geno Smith hasn't thrown any. He's got two two touchdowns, no picks right now. What's going I know. on? I know. I have the over. He's dealing right now. I love it. I love watching. I texted my buddies. I was like, "Who took Seattle in the Survivor pool?" Yeah. <laughs> I took Denver. I took Denver uh, straight up. I had, yeah. bet. I had a free bet on my app, so I just took I took uh took took uh, Denver. And now it's looking like uh, Gino's going to get the better of me. Right. It seemed like a layup. No, yeah. you're good here. Well, let's talk about that Bears W and that monsoon yesterday. First week, I gotta ask: Is that like playing in a monsoon like that? Is that the best or the worst weather to play in? I, in my career, I mean, I've played in some rainy games, but I've never experienced, I played, you know, I played eight active years in the NFL, right? And over a hundred plus games, hundred and I don't know, 10 games. And I've never played in, in something like that. So that was, uh, that was crazy. I don't even know how the ball would feel out there. The guys are still catching it and throwing it, but I mean, they've, they've come along with this technology on these gloves now. Like, I'm surprised it can even, like, let the ball – if you've ever seen Little Giants, like, that's what it feels like when the ball, you can't let go. The, the gloves are so sticky, but in the rain, <laughs> it doesn't help. But, man, it was a fun game to be at. I was there, and luckily I was in the box. But some of my buddies were, were down in the, you know, in the actual stadium, and they loved it, so it was a blast. They're in the trenches. Yeah, I, I live in South Loop, not too far from Soldier Field, and I – Walked outside just to take out the garbage for like it was like a five second thing, and I was drenched. And I was like, if I had a ticket to this game, I would probably just eat the cost, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, it's fun though if you embrace it and you're like, yo, I'm gonna be super wet. You put on a poncho and you just go out there and have fun. Like, um, I was at this uh, this like outdoor 
club area. It wasn't like a, a crazy and it started pouring. Like everybody there just embraced the rain and like so it was like we're a bunch of little kids and it actually turns into a good time. If it's not cold, if it's not cold outside, it's it's not too terrible. That was a yeah. fun game. Especially after picking up the W. All the more worth it. But it is easy to say for you since you were sitting in a box. <laughs> yeah, I, was, uh, I was nice and dry and warm in the box eating um, eating hot dogs and beer and being catered to. So it was a different experience for me. Ah, this looks like it would be a fun game to be sitting at. You know, you turn up the, the air up a little bit. It's 69 instead of 70. Right. <laughs> you know, so that was the kind of game it was for me. So we're going to we'll hop into, you know, a bunch of different topics here, but I kind of want to go into just like the halftime adjustments right away. So you saw in the first half, the Bears really weren't moving the ball at all. I think Fields had like 19 yards passing yeah. or something ridiculous that wasn't good. What did you see that they did in the second half where they scored on uh, their last three drives? They, they actually, I mean, like they were calling the game extremely conservative. Uh, one possession, they ran the, they ran inside zone, which is an in, just an inside run, three straight plays, including third and eight, and then punted the ball. Mm-hmm. And guys, like I get it, you know, you're worried about the weather. Fields threw a pick early, like you don't want to, but come on, you can't do it. And they came out and they were a little more aggressive, offensively and defensively. And uh, they got after Trey Lance. The defense played a hell of a game on both sides, or on you know both. First half and second half. I think the defense played well. Roquan, you know, showed up. Brisker, I like him. I like Gordon. I like a lot of these guys. And I think they uh they just came out more aggressive in San Francisco. I mean, they were ready, they weren't ready for this bear monsoon weather. And they outplayed them. And I think Fields is is actually better than Trey Lance. And he had something to prove because Trey Lance was drafted ahead of him and 49ers gave up so much to get Lance. So I think Fields had something to prove. He had a chip on his shoulder. And he went out and he made some plays. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was it felt like a tale of two halves, but towards the end of the second quarter, you could kind of feel the tide shifting a little bit, um, and you could feel that we we had them on their heels. Yeah, absolutely. Did you know that the at the I think it was at the end of the first half, there the fifteen yard penalty that they got for bringing the towel on the field to to dampen the the sod. Have you ever heard of that before? Never heard of it. That's crazy. But um, I think it, that goes back to, like, the old Tom Brady uh, Patriot deal when they brought in, like, the snowmobile to plow a spot for the kicker to kick. And ever since then, they said you can't use anything from the outside, anything that's not, you know, part of the team in the game to, to uh, clear a path. So we could thank Tom Brady and the Patriots for that one. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I know. I saw that it was, like, it was the, the size of the towel could be, like, six, six inches by eight inches. Like, what? What a ridiculous and just kind of crazy rule. The guy, the, the ref pulls out a tape measure, starts measuring the towel. Yeah. Sticks by nine, get the fuck out of here. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, the most impressive thing to me, I still am not even sure if I believe it. I think I saw the Bears had one penalty the whole game. Yeah, so I, think, not- I think they had one in one. They had, I think they had two. Yeah. But uh, San Francisco had like 100 yards with the penalties. We had like 20 yards, 25 yards with the penalties. They're definitely more the more disciplined team. And, and San Francisco's penalties were dumb penalties. There might have been one late hit to where, you know, field, the, the guy like accidentally like fell on fields and they still threw the flag. But besides that, they're all legit. So, you know, the 49ers fans, oh, you know, you guys got carried to, to victory by the refs. But got to be a more disciplined football team, in my opinion. Yeah, so I, yeah I was watching this Broncos-Seahawks uh, game. I think, like, early in the second quarter, uh, the Broncos were already 7 for 71 on penalties. Is that, like, as a former player, is that something that's, like, directly attributed to the coaching staff? I mean, it can be. So, in practice, there's no refs most of the time. you got to emphasize, like, say, if it's defensive backs holding – you got to emphasize that because the D backs, if you don't have a ref there, they're going to hold in the game. They're going to form bad habits. So you've got to emphasize using your hands, using your feet, not, not grabbing and holding offensive line. The same thing. You can get away with some things in practice because there's nobody there to call, to call the penalties. So you got to make sure that you're really enforcing that. If you let that go and you're just watching, you know, practice as a whole and you're not, implementing you know the referees and the calls into these practices they're going to form bad habits and their routines and then they're going to start getting penalties called and then like the late hit stuff that's just dumb 
face mask, late hits. There's nothing you do about that. And that's just guys making bad decisions. I'll take that as a W in the coaching column with uh, Eberflus in his first game. Yeah. So I'll that take- actually that brings me to my next point because I, I don't want to shit on Matt Nagy because he's just irrelevant to us at this point. But you hear a lot during the offseason and even now about Matt Eberflus's his hits principle. And so I was looking it up a little bit before this. And I didn't realize that like when he first got there, guys just weren't, you know, I don't know if they weren't buying into it, but they just weren't, I don't know, it wasn't resonating with them. And like Jalen Johnson, he was saying that uh, it's becoming second nature now that when he, when Eberflus first got there, that it just didn't resonate with them. What kind of like when a, a coach is coming in and I'll say trying to like implement his beliefs for lack of a better phrase, how hard is that for guys to actually buy it? Yeah, no, that's um, it's tough because some. I mean, some guys probably really like Nagy, right? So it's like you have a boss, and then when you say you really like your boss, he's become a friend of yours, and then you know a new guy comes in and takes his job. It's not easy sometimes to just make that switch and to really be bought in because you still do have that connection with your old boss. So it's tough, and I've been a part of that before. You know, and everybody loved Andy Reid in Philly when I was there, and then. Coach Reed gets fired. I was like, man, you really love that guy. And they bring in Chip Kelly, who's trying to do all these new things. And he's got this new offense. We're going to bring in this college sound that worked for like a year and a half. But then people caught on to it. So I've been a part of it where it's difficult, where some guys buy in, some guys don't. But usually when that happens, the guys that really aren't bought into that program, um, I mean, they get shipped out quick by the new staff. And he did that. He, he uh, traded some big name guys that he didn't like and that really didn't see eye to eye with him. For sure. So what, what was it like playing for Andy Reid? I got to ask. Yeah. Unbelievable guy, man. Big red. He's just, a, he, he's a dude. <laughs> he's just an unbelievable guy. He's a player's coach. Like everybody, anybody would go to bat for this guy. Smart, intelligent dude. Um, and just down to earth, man. He's he just tell you like how it is, but he would always take responsibility. He would never put a guy out and when y'all our players just got to do better. He dry, he fucked this play up. He would never, he would never put throw a guy into the bus. A lot of catches players would, a lot of coaches would, excuse me. And they would um like, y'all our guy didn't run the right play. Coach Reed, no, it's on me. Uh, got to do a better job coaching. And uh, yeah, we just, I got to start with me. Got to do a better job. You know, it's Coach Reed. He definitely, he definitely seems like the man. Yeah, why did he get fired in Philly? I feel like he had so much success there. He had success, but our last two years, I mean, we were we were garbage, man. We uh, our last year we were four and twelve. Year before that, we were eight and eight. So we made made the playoffs for eleven five by rookie year. The second year we went eight and eight. The Vince Young dream team. Okay, everybody <laughs> held on to that for some reason. And then um, the fourth, my third year with the Eagles, we uh. We were terrible. We were four and twelve. We started out like three and one, and we won one more game the whole season. So that was pretty awful. Oh Jesus! So you you were with the Eagles for three years, and then the Jags for the next three, right? What did yeah. you did you have a preference as far as which team you played for? Did you have more fun with one than the other? Oh, uh, fun! I liked the city of Philly better, but like playing in Jacksonville was cool because there was like no pressure. There was literally like no fans <laughs> at the game. You can see your mom and dad up in the fan, you know, stand waving at them. Hey, how you guys doing? You know, um, cool, uh, cool city though. Underrated city. People always think of Jacksonville. They think like the downtown area, but like around the beaches, the town center, Southside Boulevard. There's some real cool areas there. Like I could see myself, uh, you know, living there in a couple of years. You're not going to have much like fun if you want looking for like a nightlife or anything like that, but it's a real cool city, man. It's nice. Yeah. I mean, being on the Atlantic coast, like you can't really complain probably. Yeah. I, it, it, back in the day, I'm kicking myself for not, uh, not buying out there because uh, the price of homes, like on the ocean, I almost bought a nice house on the, uh, on the water there and looking at the price of that real estate now to what it was when I was buying it. It's like, wow, dude, you really messed up. Literally was so <laughs> close to pulling the trigger. I'm like, oh, I'll probably get traded or leave or something. I don't want to have this. Looking back, I'm like, wow, dude, you really yeah. dropped it. It's, it's funny you say that because that was one of my questions for you. Like, just kind of being like, I don't know, on, on the fence or feeling like you might get traded. Did that cause you to just be like, all right, I'm just going to rent, like rent for a year and not want to necessarily buy a place? I was always a guy that I did have to fight for my roster spot. So I never bought because I was like never 100% sure where I was going to be. 
And I didn't want to have that headache of, all right, now I got this place here. You got this place. But looking back, I'm like, if, you just, if I just bought and then say I get traded or something, that property is going to, you know, I'll rent it out. And that would have probably monetarily done better than just throwing all your money in the stock market and renting with, um, you know, with the rest of it. So instead of throwing away that rent, you're actually, you know, buying something with it. So honestly, you might be onto something. We might be able to create like a real estate TV show. That's all players like this. No, seriously. I mean, that, that was a, that was a blunder, I think on my part. And I know they say, you know, some people like the Robert Kawasaki houses, you know, isn't an asset, it's a liability. You want to buy multifamily units, stuff like that. But I still think if you have a nice property and you can rent it out and, you know, positive cash flow, you're getting more, you're getting your mortgage paid for by someone renting it, then hey, to win. So in your, I want to uh, jump back to your career real quick. So in your career, you had, it's kind of remarkable. You had uh, eight touchdowns. And so from three different guys, who was the best quarterback that you played with? And why was it Blake Bortles? <laughs> Blake Bortles. No, Blake's awesome, man. Um, realistically, like he was, uh, obviously he didn't, you know, perform up to, I think he was like the second or third pick in the draft. Yeah. And uh, he never really lived up to that, but I thought he was a solid quarterback, man. He wasn't, he wasn't terrible. He got really caught a bad rep, but what I think what got him was just his personality. He was just an absolute bro. And you love a guy like that. He's just an absolute bro and he's going to be himself. But like when you're a quarterback for an NFL team, they don't want you to be that guy, you know, just to be like really chill. Like you're a bro. You're, and they don't see that as a leader. So I think his personality like got the better of him there. But dude, Bortles is awesome. I got some funny Blake Bortles stories. Yeah, I'm I'm like I'm looking at his numbers here, and not to say that he's uh like a great quarterback, but he's definitely not terrible. I mean, it what was it in 2017 he led the JX to the NFC championship game. I mean, how does this guy not have a job? Should have made the Super Bowl actually that year. There was that uh big Miles Jack moment uh, with Paul. Yes. Paul. Yeah, they had a crazy defense that year too. Crazy defense, crazy defense. No, Blake was a he was a solid player, man. Good dude. I really liked the guy. The guy liked to have fun. He would, you know, he would ball out, then he'd go have some beers. He was one of those guys. You know, it wasn't one of those like guys that the, the teams really want to lead their team. Though it's like, hey, we got to go out there and work out. Ten. He was like the chill, like type dude. So yeah, he's probably the the exact opposite of what the TB twelve method is. He's the BB five. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Him and Tom five Brown. beers, five brats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but good dude, man. Loved him. Oh, he he was probably was he one of your favorite teammates? Was he your well, favorite teammate? Bortles was one of my favorite quarterback teammates, just because he was so. Sometimes, like the quarterbacks are. I'd say Nick Foles is my favorite ever quarterback teammate, but um, sometimes those quarterbacks are just like, you know, they think they're not, they think they're, but they're just like on another level. Like they're like, I don't know, like Michael Vick, there was aura about Michael Vick when he was our starting quarterback. Like that's Mike, you know, he kind of had his own crew, his own entourage, you know, then I go to um, obviously Jacksonville's different. I love Chad Henney, Bortles, um, Blaine Gabbert, but then, um, you know, I signed with New England and I uh, only played five games there before I got released in the whole off season, but playing with like Brady and, you know, Tom is just like this aura about him, you know, it's, it's fucking Tom Brady, you know? So I'm like, cool guy, love talking to him, hanging out, but he was just like, it's like, that's Tom. And he, you're not really going to bro out with Tom. I was really For good sure. friends with him Love Jimmy. Um, then from New England, you know, I got released from New England week five. And then the next day, you know, I'm signed with the Lions. And I really like Stafford. Stafford was a really down-to-earth guy, cool dude, would hang out, would have a beer here or there. Dan Orlowski, you see him on TV all the time now. He was uh, the backup quarterback there. And then I signed my last year was with uh, the Saints. So I got to play a lot with Drew Brees um, offseason only. I got hurt in the preseason, was on IR that whole last year in uh, 2017. But uh, like offseason, Drew flew me and Kobe Fleener out to San Diego on his own dime. He flew me first class, class puts me up in a five-star hotel, picked us up every morning at 7, 7 a.m., had breakfast in the car, drove us 20 minutes to the field. We got two hours of work, drove us to his training facility. Like this guy had a routine and habits and just like everything was just pristine. And then like looking back to like Blake, 
I remember we were supposed to throw in, in California. I flew out there, you know, obviously myself, got my own room. And the first day we're out there, Blake shows up 30 minutes late. We get like a shitty throne session in the next day. It's like the weekend Saturday. He's like, yo, man, I can't make it. I'm fucking hungover. And so we don't make you know, it. Like, so we don't even throw and we cancel throwing. Then we get another like decent throwing session in. Not great. And then I like fly. I'm like, wow, that was a waste of time. And then I'm like hanging out with Drew and like everything is just meticulous. And I came back one time after and I set a ball on the ground early in the third. He's like, hey, don't, uh, don't put the ball on the ground. I don't like to bend over. My like, oh my bad, bro. <laughs> Hand him the ball. Stuff like that, man. This these guys are really good. Like that are very meticulous. Tom Brady, super competitive. Super competitive. Yeah, I mean it's not a game to them. It is literally their life, their life's work. Um, but man, that's 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 hilarious. You, so I, like, when you're on the, like, specifically the Patriots, when so you're saying you're at, you're like uh, you know you're fighting for your roster spot each time you're you're in training camp. And you were with the Pats through week five. So, like, when you're there, I mean, I, like, what's your relationship like with with Brady? I mean, I'm assuming you're you're talking to him a bit in meetings, but like you're saying, you're not like you're not boys with him. Yeah. So, um, so like Tom, you know, I signed with New England free agency, Jacksonville. Should went in hindsight, I should went back to Jacksonville. They're offering me the same deal, but I wanted to get a raise, and they told me they're going to pay me more. They keep me on the same deal. They want me to sign back for the same uh, the same contract that I uh, I signed up before, which was a decent little deal. New England offered me the same thing though, so I'm like, why would I go back to Jacksonville? You know, when I could go to New England, much easier roster to make, no state tax. Yeah, you know, New England they have Rob Gronkowski, they have Martellus Bennett at this point. They just drafted AJ Derby, it was his third round tight end. They have uh, Michael Williams. These are all tight ends that have played and are, you know, bigger name guys. And they just signed like two, two free agents too. And uh, my agent's like, yo, are you sure you want to do this? Like, this is a tough roster to make. But in our, and like in my mind, like back in like football, I, I was like, I, in my mind, I think I'm the best, right? That's how all the players are. And I never got to show that on the field, but like in practice, you know, I'm playing against these guys in Jacksonville, the, the games I started, I did very well in practice. I'm murdering these guys. Same with Philly. Like if I could have just put it together in a game, I knew it'd be better. So I'm like, yo, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to new England. I'm going to be the number two tight end of ground. Like I'm not worried about Martellus Bennett. So I go out there, everything went as planned. I end up, I'm the number two. I'm beating out me and Martellus are fine. I end up tearing um end up popping both my both my adductors and had to get surgery right after OTAs. After I was getting the two reps, I was playing, you know, as a second tight end with the ones. Me, Martellus, and Rob are doing a bunch of three tight end sets. They're talking about they're gonna have a great three tight end set with all of us. Get hurt. So I finally come back like the the second preseason game. I'm not full speed, my explosiveness not there. I'm like, dude, there's no way I'm making this team. I, I mean, I packed my bags. Everything's gone. Like Derby, the, the young guy, played really well. They're going to keep Martellus and Rob. And I was just out for too long. And we find out you're cut when everybody else does. So I'm just sitting there refreshing, refreshing the computer, like looking at who's cut, watching TV. All right, the roster goes from 75 to 65. No, I didn't think that guy was going to get cut. You know, maybe I do have a chance. Who knows? You know, it's waiting by the phone, 65 to 60. Okay, there's seven more spots, you know, there's, and veterans couldn't be on the practice squad or anything like that back in the day. There's only seven practice squad spots, no veterans. All right, now you're down to like 57. Like, what? Like, I'm still here. Like, are they going to keep four tight ends? 55, 54. There's one more cut. I go, no way. I fucking made this team. Like, I, I, I was told my agent, like, yo, start, you know, start asking around who needs a tight end because I'm done for. Um 53. I got fucking made the team. This is unbelievable. I already said bye to guys, you know, like the last time you see them, like, okay, I'll see you guys later, man. I'm sure we'll connect sometime. I go into the, go into the, the stadium the next day, you know, I'm looking around, I type in my code, make sure a door opens. Like, okay, <laughs> it's not a mistake, you know? And, um, you know, so opening week, Tom's out because of uh deflate gate, but you know, he's still around and everything, but he can't play because he's out. He's suspended for deflate. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy Grapples are starting quarterback for three weeks and one week we had Brissett because um, because uh, Jimmy ended up getting hurt and Tom came back for one one game. But Tom was a bro, man. 
He was a bro. I, the, the one quick Tom Brady story I have talk about how competitive this dude really was. So when I first got to New England, hardest offensive ever, I could learn an offense. Hardest offense I've ever learned. They got, say, 100 plays where you say one word and you just got to know the whole play. So they say, water, water. You got to know green right, 373, Y stick, X slant. So we have this game where they say water and you got to recite the play. Or you say the play, green right, 373, Y stick, X slant. And you got to go, oh, that's water. So you got to know, like, what's what? I got really good at this game just from correlating things. I was, I could, I could do that really easy. Not that I knew the play, but I could re- like repeat it right away when something clicked. And I would like make these voice memos and listen to them on the way to work. So I was always like learning. And so I got really good. And I'd, I'd murder like Gronk and Martellus and Derby and all these guys in the tight end room. And one day Tom walks in, it's meetings like, um, uh, early in training camp. And he's like, yo, Gronk, like we're going to run this route today, but like running a little deeper behind the linebackers. Cause those assholes are cheating. They're, you know, they're script watching. So we're going to do that, you know, whatever. And Dable, Brian Dable, he's actually the head coach of the, uh, the New York, New York Jets. Now he was our offense. He was our uh, tight end coach. Love Dable. I was, I'm in touch with him to this day. And he's like, uh, Tom, I bet you can't beat Clay in the um, in the hurry up game. Tom's like, dude, like, come on. Clay's been here for what five minutes? Been here for sixteen years. And uh, Dave was like, yo, play him. Tom's like, okay. So Tom comes in the room. And everybody's like, okay, let's go, Clay, let's go. And you have Rock like acting a fool like he always does. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so Dable is like, all right, we got water. And green right three seven three. Why excellent? Tom's like. Okay, you know, and I end up beating him five to three. We go to five, and I end up beating him. And everybody's the Grok, oh, okay, Clay, Martell, <laughs> laughing, talking shit. Tom doesn't even smirk. Fuck, leaves the door, slams the door. And I'm like looking around, like, I'm like, is he serious? He just got cut. <laughs> like, that's Tom. So I'm like, fuck, man, this guy's really that pissed off. So next day, we come back in, we go through practice, you know, we're going through our film, watching the tape, you know, Dale's pointing this stuff out. Something When you're not practicing, the shit's boring because you're just sitting there like watching these other guy play, you know, trying to like not fall asleep. Like I want to watch myself, <laughs> you know, and um, Tom walks in. All right, Clay, motherfucker, let's go. I'm like what? Dave was like, let's go, Clay. Everybody's like, oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> it was like, so I'm like, oh, okay, we're playing the game again. So I'm like, all right, like Tom wants some more. I'm about to give it to him again, you know? <laughs> like, let's go. He beats me 5 nothing. looks at me. That's right. Leave, slam the door again. Everybody's going crazy on my ass. And, uh, and yeah, that was uh, – I get why the guy couldn't retire this year. That's what happened. So that's, that just shows his competitiveness. I beat him in this game. He goes home. This is probably what happens. He goes home. He studies just so he could come back the next day and show me that he's better. This guy's won five Super Bowls at the time, MVP three, two, three times. And he's still so competitive that he couldn't let this stupid game go. He had to go home, study, make sure that he knew his stuff, come back and beat me just so I knew that he knew that I knew <laughs> and he was better at that game than I was. Hey, he might not have slept that shit. night. <laughs> yeah, he didn't sleep. He, he, and he has a he has a super the the biggest supermodel wife in the world, and he's over here studying plays that he's been running for 16, 17 years. <laughs> so that's that's Tom Brady for it. That's my favorite Tom story that I got. Oh, that's a great one. What what a tight end room to be a part of too. Martellus Bennett and Gronk, like those guys are just absolute <laughs> characters. I would be sitting there like, man, I, I wish I could write a book about this. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like these I, two guys' interactions going back and forth. Yeah. You know, Bronk would Grab come your popcorn. To, uh, yeah, he'd come over to my apartment. I lived with some of the rookies because I wasn't, I wasn't like sure I was going to make a team. Joe Thune, Ted Karras, they're both still playing. They're big-time alignment now, but mm-hmm. uh, the rookies back then. Um, we lived in North Attleboro and Rotten Gronk. I don't know. He liked coming over to our house and having beers after the game and stuff. So he would come over and hang. I love that. That's fucking awesome. Uh, I guess one last thing on the Bears before we get into, or yeah, until we get into some uh, some Bachelor talk. So sticking on, sticking on the tight end topic. So Cole Komet, I kind of want to talk about him. And this might sound so stupid in baseline, but is is he good? 
I have no idea. <laughs> no, Ultimate's good. I know he didn't have any any catches yesterday, but dude, when I went to practice, I went. So I went to camp. I did like this tour, like going to all these training camps, you know. And um, it was just like a little uh project that I had, and I wanted to, you know, get into like the sports talk world and, and do some of that stuff. And it really it really paid off. Made a lot of cool contacts. Got some cool stuff coming up. But uh, I just like was sitting in. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna try to get into sports talk. Literally the beginning of this preseason. And I, I just started doing it, man, and it really took off. And now I, like, got a big following on the Bears and the Jaguars and Eagles and, like, mm-hmm. doing the circuit and all these sports talk. Got a job with ESPN Jacksonville, NBC Philadelphia. I'm doing a lot of stuff with them. And, like, David Kaplan in Chicago, I work with him, to ESPN 1000, NBC Sports, mm-hmm. whatever. But um, I uh, I went to practice. One of the first things I noticed, like, dude, Cole Komet's quick like this guy can play he can catch the ball and uh, I was impressed with Komet and um he did what nobody was guarding him but when I went on the field after practice I'm friends with Roquan uh Trevor Simeon you know the guy in the field and uh I'm just sitting there talking to him this dude turn turn around it's Cole Komet this guy's a monster <laughs> he looks like the guy from Happy Gilmore man like the <laughs> I believe that belongs to Mr. Gilmore like the, the nail in his head, right? Right. Six foot yeah. six, six foot seven, two hundred sixty five pounds. I'm six three and some change, two forty five, two fifty. And I mean, I was like, dude, this. And he reminded me of like the build of like a Gronk or a Martellus Bennett. Those dudes are monsters. Okay, Martellus is six foot seven, two hundred eighty pounds. Gronk six six, two seventy five. These dudes were massive. And freaks. Is a freak. He's massive. He can run. He can catch. And the way he's moving, I didn't think he was – I thought he was, like, my size. And the fact that he's that big, I'm like, dude, this guy is going to – because with that frame and the way he can run and catch, I'm like, this guy's got to be a superstar. If he's not, like, I don't know what happened. It must be – I don't know. But from what I saw from Cole Komet, he can block, he can run, he can catch. I mean, there's no way that this guy isn't successful. In my opinion, I've been around a lot of tight ends. Like I said, you guys know I played with Martellus, Gronk, Kobe Fleener. You know, I played with Eric Ebron, Brent Sell, Zach Ertz. I've seen a lot of tight ends. Cole Komet some big be, boys. <laughs> yeah, Cole Komet would be good. And the re- I guess the reason I asked is just because, especially with under in uh, in Nagy's offense, and you can't really judge yesterday's game. Yesterday's game was a fucking slop fest. But <laughs> yeah. I just feel like he hasn't just he just doesn't get utilized. But when, I mean, he gets the ball. I mean, it's not like he's dropping passes or anything. I feel like he's just never. I don't know if he's is he not getting utilized or what do you what's the case? You know, quietly last year the dude had 60 catches and 600 plus yards. He had like 650 yards and 60 catches. He was like 15th ranked tight end in the league as far as receiving yards. He scored no touchdowns though. That's because Nagy was bringing in Jimmy Grandpa to uh and all the red zone. Play. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, Jesus like, Christ. Dude, yeah. And um he had all these tight ends playing, but I was shocked. The one thing I was shocked at is they have Ryan Griffin playing all the 21 personnel. You wait, why is Griffin in the game so much? Because I thought Komet would be the, the starter, starting tight end, but they're getting Griffin involved in his own set. So 21 personnel is when you have two running backs and a tight end. So every single time you have 21 personnel, Komet has to run off the field and he has to run back on the field. Honestly, that sucks for a tight end. I hated doing that. I hated running off and running on, and that's what my job was. You sprint on the field, you sprint off the field, you get the play, you know, then you're on the line of scrimmage and you're waiting to see if your formation – like, dude, Cole Komet is a tight end that can do everything. Keep him right. on the field. Like, why are we taking him off the field and 21 personnel to put in Ryan Griffin? Like, whose idea was that? I don't, I don't know. I think yeah. that they leave this guy on the field, and you create tendencies that way too. When you have certain players for certain plays – you create tendencies. A lot of bad teams do that. Like the Jaguars this year, you know, they have all these different tight ends that they're using for all these different plays. And I'm watching the Jags. I'm like, dude, like I see what you're doing. If I can see what you're doing, the defense that has one job to see what you're doing, knows what you're doing. Like stop bringing these guys in for certain plays. Right. It's like showing your hand. Not to mention you're trying to get into a groove out there too, probably. You're getting, you're trying to get in a groove. You're running off the field, running on the field is terrible for Komet. And it's like, okay, there's a package for these guys, they say. But it's like a multiple-choice test, right? Instead of having four questions, four 
possible answers for the defense. Now you bring this guy in, there's two. You know, now it's either A or B. There's no C or D. You know, you're just narrowing it down. They're either going to do this play action or they're going to do a run. You know, your whole playbook isn't opened up. And for me, I don't like when you create tendencies. And I think that it, it, as many analytics as there are now, coaches think they're so smart. But, dude, analytically, you're going to start u- utilizing a specific play of a specific pass, you know, pass tree and a run tree that you're going to use when this guy's in the game. And once they crunch all those numbers and put it into some, you know, software, you know, there's going to show like whatever you do. And then you're, they're going to show that to the middle linebacker and see, okay, so now that this guy's in the game, this is what they typically run. And mm-hmm. then this guy have an idea and he's going to look for it. And it's just a game of inches, right? So I don't like any of that stuff. It so is crazy you- to think about all that science that goes behind it. So like when, <laughs> When people are yelling water on the field, for example, in the, uh, you know, with the Patriots calling out plays, like yeah. when you go to a different team or guys go to a different team, I'm assuming they have to change all that up in the offseason, right? It more so if there's, um, if there's like maybe coaches, because a lot of the players, I mean, it's so hard to, to retain some of that. Say if, if Tom was playing against the, the Patriots, then yeah, I mean, you might, you might see some of that, but. I don't think that a player like me would remember some of the stuff. Maybe I try to, but I don't know, dude. You beat Tom. I was gonna say, dude, don't play game. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> here. Yeah, I'm, not many people could say they beat Tom Brady in something. <laughs> I know, yeah, and um, I beat uh, I beat Malcolm Butler on this plat pass, a slant and go, and I just killed him. I don't know, I don't know why. And I was wide open, and Tom underthrew me, and it was an incomplete pass, and he came up and apologized to me. I'm just like, yeah, Tom, don't fucking let it happen again. Don't let this shit happen again, Tom. You know, no, it's fine. Like it happened. So that also happened. So like when the bears are taking Komet out, do they just not believe in like his run blocking ability? I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it either. I honestly, I was like trying to figure out because like Ryan Griffin, I love Ryan Griffin. I've been talking about this. <laughs> I love James O'Shaughnessy. I'm like, these guys are good two and three tight ends. You know, Griffin's 11 year vet, but dude, you don't not take him out for commit like the, a whole personnel grouping. Like mm. he's tired. Send in Griffin on two tight end sets, send in Griffin one tight end sets. We're keeping commit in the game. Don't yeah. give Ryan Griffin 21 personnel. Like, mm-hmm. get the hell out of here, man. Like, Komet's supposed to be – he's a second-round draft pick. He's supposed to be a premier player, and you're just cutting him out of those specific plays. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why. I think – I mean, the rationale is 21 personnel is more of a running personnel than 11 personnel and, uh, you know, whatever. If you're going 12 or 13, whatever you're doing um, – 14, I don't know what personnel they're running now, but it's more of a rushing personnel because he's got two running backs in the game. But like you said, that creates another tendency. Oh, you're taking him out because it's probably a run? Okay. Like, right. no, like the defense, if you see that, the defense is going to see that. I, I, That's the one thing I, like, really disagreed on, man. Like, don't take Komet out of the game. I want him in the game. The guy can block. I saw it. The guy can block defensive ends. Right. He's not like – Evan Ingram with the Jaguars, they have to take him out because Evan Ingram can't block. You know, he would get tossed in the backfield if he tried to block somebody. But Not to name names. <laughs> Not to name names at all. <laughs> no, yeah, I looked it up. I mean, Ryan Griffin played over 50% of snaps, and it's like that. That's just it just doesn't need to be happening. I, before the season, I thought it was going to be like the triangle offense between Mooney, Komet and whoever was in the backfield between Montgomery and Herbert. Wow, what a comparison. The triangle offense to the 2022 Chicago Bears. <laughs> Holy fuck. No, I agree. And I like Griffin. Honestly, I think Griffin's a solid player, but like that's going to throw Komet off. And I'm seeing him run in and out of the game. And like, dude, it's like that. got to stay in uh, rhythm. You got to stay in rhythm. Nobody wants to do that. Okay. I made my career doing that. And I still thought it sucked. You know, you go out for a game. Maybe there's two plays where the 21 personnel, maybe there's all 21 personnel, and then Komet misses a whole series. You never know what they're seeing. And then maybe, maybe he plays two plays in this third and long, and then Komet has to come in. He's cold. He's trying to pass block because it's third and long. And you got uh, Nick Bosa coming off the edge against Braxton Jones. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, put in prison. Yeah, that's, you know. a, that's a mismatch. 
Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't like that part of it, but I'm I got glad you're, well, you're enlightening us on the personnel stuff. Cause I hear that on fantasy football podcasts and I'm like, what the fuck are these guys? 21 doing? personnel. Yeah. You didn't know that 12 so personnel. personnel. I hear, I hear 11. I hear 22. Like I hear all these different numbers. First, first, first letter or first letter. Well, first number is the running back, right? So 11, one running back, 12, one running back, 21, two running backs, one tight end, 11, one running back, one tight end, 11 personnel, uh, 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends, and the receivers just go off of that. Yeah. So it's really simple. I mean, we're not very smart football players, so they got to keep the stuff simple. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, 12 personnel, two tight ends. As so simple as possible. Personnel. Yeah, 22 is the big personnel. So uh, some people have per- like Andy Reid uses names. So Tiger, that's two tight ends. You know, um, Zebra, that's eleven personnel. So you know, Zebra's eleven personnel. So some people use the the names, but I'd say most people, most teams use the actual you know numbers. All right. So one final. This is actually my final Bears question, and this is a good one. You're gonna like this one. Yeah. How how good is Justin Fields? Man, I've been trying to, I've been really trying to figure this out, man. He, I was, uh, I was talking his ass up all, uh, you know, all season training camp <laughs> that game. I'm like, oh, oh, this is not looking good because he started off. I mean, obviously it was the monsoon, but mm-hmm. they couldn't move the ball for a while there. It was Ooh. three and out after three and out. And you got to, he's so hard to judge because he's a guy that just he doesn't play typical quarterback. He's not a guy who's just going to drop back one, two, three, out, one, two, three, four, five, out. And that's what people judge him of. Oh, you know, he's too long throwing the ball. You got to really, you know, mm-hmm. this guy isn't going to get the ball out as quick as Tom Brady or as, as quick as, you know, Joe Burrow. But here's the thing, Joe Burrow and Tom Brady don't run four, four, forties. Right. So that play where field scrambles around and, you know, finds a guy, it's tough to, it's tough to grade. Because the, the, the football I'm used to, you know, my quarterback was, you know, you got a guy like Foles or a guy like, you know, your boy, the boat, Blake Bortles. You know, those guys aren't going to be able Three-step to drop and get it out, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think he's I think he's good. I think he's he, he's going to keep getting better at throwing the ball. And if he's just average, average at his three-step, his five-step, his seven-step and out, and average at his vision, his athletic ability is going to make him elite. Because I mean, I can count at least three or four times from the game yesterday where he extended the play by getting out of the pocket and great things happened because so of it. So good at that. I would like to see him use some more um, zone read stuff. Um, Agreed. I don't know, like Jalen Hurts runs a really good zone read, and I know Fields is much more explosive and much faster than than um, Hurts is. So I'd like to, like to see him use that because you, you're getting rid of a defender there. You know, you're using him with the option and – you're gaining a blocker if you use some of the quarterback run stuff. I know you don't want to overuse that because that's how your, your quarterback gets work. But I think down in the goal line, the red zone, and could be some ways to uh, to implement that. And I think Fields is up for it. My, my final question for you, football related, before we get into a little bachelor talk. We always do like 15 final questions. It's a whole <laughs> podcast. Give us, just give us a score prediction for next week at Lambeau. You know, the Bears are nine-point dogs. And uh, the ESPN matchup predictor has 90% um, probability that the Green Bay Packers win the game. I love that. But I, I love being the underdog. And I, I called the, the Bears this week. I, don't, I mean, everybody in Chicago was like, oh, yeah, the Bears going to win. Did we really believe it? I don't know. I don't know if I really did. But you know, <laughs> we I, certainly I, were not saying that. We'll you. say you did. We believed you. <laughs> I thought I thought I took the spread for sure, and I was saying that they were going to win. But I took I go the Bears aren't going to. It's going to be a close game. They're going to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the same thing in Green Bay. So it's a trap game. You know the Bears are coming off a big win. Aaron Rodgers is throwing to uh, I don't know to some random high school kids. It looks like they can't catch the football. So I don't know. I don't know why it's a nine point spread, but in my mind, I think the Bears can win this game. The defense is looking good. It'll be a, a much better game. It's not going to be cold, right, or in, in anything in, in Lambeau. So I think it's going to be a big game for the Bears to utilize their offense. They didn't get to utilize this week. They didn't show much because it was the Monsoon Bowl. Mm-hmm. So they, don't, they really don't know what the Bears are going to do. I'm going to say Bears 24, Packers 21. Let's go. Game. I'm taking the Bears with the second upset. 
And then the, the media is going to have to start recognizing this one and not saying that it's just the rain and the monsoon bowl. Trey Lance is a rookie. So I'm going Bears with the upset. Luke Getze revenge game. Love that. Luke Getze, Hakeem <laughs> St. Brown, Lucas. Hey, if you Tyler, if you could beat a, a pissed off Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field on Sunday Night Football, they might be able to beat anyone. I don't know. The huge that would be huge for the whole city, man. Massive game if they can win that. Hey, was Aaron, I know we were going to talk about the Bachelor? Wasn't Aaron Rodgers his brother on the Bachelor? Jordan Rodgers, yeah, he was. How how many seasons before you were on was he on? Was it a while before? I don't yeah, know. How old he was is. like two seasons before me, maybe. He wasn't too far. Now, was he the actual bachelor or was he just one of the guys on the show? He was one of the guys, but he won. Like he uh he married the uh the girl. He's he's married now. Like he won, yeah. Really? He actually like is still with her too. Yeah, no, I can act like I, I know too much about the show, but isn't her name Jojo? Jojo. Honestly, she was the <laughs> most attractive bachelor in history, in my opinion. She was a smoke show. Yeah, she um, they're married, man. They're like one of the only success stories from, from actual Bachelor Nation. Yeah, I mean, he's not an ugly guy himself. So, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Like, so, how, yeah. so, how did you get like roped into the Bachelor? I mean, so it was post playing career, I'm assuming, or was it during your playing career? Honestly, it was during my playing career. But my thought was, um, I'm like, dude, I just got hurt with the Saints. Like, I don't know how many years I got left. I you know, played eight years at this point. I just broke my wrist and my toe in the same game, went on IR. For the whole year. So uh is in the off season. I'm like, this could be something cool. Like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, you go on a dating show. I'm like, maybe it could lead to some like media stuff, or I don't know, and um afterwards and see what happened. I didn't even know anything about the show really. I mean, I've I've flipped past it before and I decided last minute to do it. One of my buddies had had tried out before and didn't make it on the show. And um a casting lady came by and was like if you want to, she like randomly saw him in the city. He was like, Hey, you should try out again. Like we really liked you, but we just didn't, you know, it was like, we didn't think you were fit for our girl last time. And he's like, um, well, I got a, He's his wife now. He's like, I got a girlfriend now and they're married. So I can't, but he's like, I got a couple of buddies you might like. And, um, he was, she was like showing him pictures. Like, Oh, I like this guy. He's like, well, that's my buddy clay, but he plays football. I'm not sure. Like, Oh, we're, we're, we're we could work with them. You know, we could, make it work for it for a schedule and they basically asked me to come on and I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> I literally went on the bachelor <laughs> freaking hurt, which was ridiculous. So how long, how long were you there for? Honestly, I was only there for like two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So when you're watching the show, it feels like these people are there for like three years. Yeah. Like paradise was only like 19 days, man. Like people are like, Oh, it's like week two. It's like literally you're there for like 19 days, but it feels long when you're there at least paradise does honestly all of it does you have no phone no tv no radio nothing so all day you have nothing to entertain yourself but like talking to these people and literally there's nothing to do no phone no tv you don't go they don't, they don't there's no gym like i'm outside running doing push-ups and stuff Wait, and they have no gym there no gym there's, yeah, I brought on Paradise. I brought bands at the, the mansion. There's nothing. I brought bands, and there was like a hill out back, and I would just work out whenever I had time. I mean, two weeks. So you're like, you're, I don't know where you went, but you're basically just on like a two week vacation at that point. Yeah, two week vacation, pretty much. Um, you're uh, in the bachelor, you go to the mansion, which is, it's really, honestly, it's not even a mansion. It's like a house, and you're in bunk beds. It's not like, nice at all you're in bunk beds (laughs) with other guys like a bunch of other guys in the house like it's weird like everybody's snoring and farting like there's a bunch (laughs) of guys in the room there's really like 10 guys in the room i was sleeping i'm like dude like i'm too old for this stuff you know like dude i've played in the league for eight years i've made like enough money to like not do this i'm like what am i doing here you know yeah like dude like then you broke your wrist on purpose and left I ended up breaking my wrist, not on purpose, but um, <laughs> people didn't realize this, but I had, like I said, I broke my wrist the year before with New Orleans. I had to get surgery. Doctor cleared me, but the, the guy never fixed it. It was so it was never healed. So the first time I did anything with it was I was like, okay, like, you know, I wasn't going to play. I was just throwing passes at the end of the game. I'm like, all right, let me just go win this thing and run over this male model and this uh, dictionary salesman, you know, from Connecticut. And um <laughs> First thing I did was I stiff armed a guy and like, oh yeah, this thing's definitely still broken. And 
I go, yeah, my wrist is broken. And then I'm like, yeah, Clay broke his wrist playing football. So I leave, I have to leave the show. She wanted me to stay. They tried to get me to come back, but I had to get surgery. They actually had to fix it because it was never fixed. Right. Fix the wrist. And then they're trying to get me to come on paradise that year. Like we want you to come on paradise because chance that we want to make you our bachelor. People love you, but you got to come on paradise because you didn't have enough time on the show. Wasn't getting any calls at this point. So I go, okay, I'm gonna come on paradise. They came to my house. They did the pre-episode like filming, you know, my mom, me, like what I've been up to since the show, like the rehab with my wrist a day before my flight, I get a call from the Buffalo bills, 49ers and the giants. I go, Hey, we want you to work out like right before training camp. And I go, fuck man. I, I didn't realize I still had, like, I was like, I thought I was done. Like I missed the whole season. My agent, I'm like, dude, like there's nobody that's calling you like during the free agency craze. He's like, dude, everybody's like, you know, they're trying to go young and see what they got. So I'm like, dude, I really might be done a month before training camp. All these teams want me to come play, try out, go for a workout. Buffalo Bills. First one, Brian Dables, the offensive coordinator. Now my old, my old tight end coach in New, New, New England loved me. He knew how talented I was before I got injured. And I was fighting for that number two spot. It's Clay, if you're healthy and in shape, because we'll sign you and you're going to be our number two tight end this year. Perfect. So now all I got to do is get my wrist in shape. So I uh, go to, I have to go to New York city, the best wrist doctor in the world, New York city, the best wrist rehab. Only problem about New York city is there's nowhere to run in that city <laughs> routes because there's no fields. It's so compact. We found this field. That's like a, like arena football field. It's got like concrete around the outside. So we'd go there and run routes with my trainer while I'm getting my wrist fixed and like getting ready, getting ready two weeks beforehand. I'm running around. My, my uh, trainer's like, yo, run a corner. I'm like, all right, just make sure you put the ball on me because there's a wall right there. It's concrete. Oh, if you throw a deep corner, like I'm going to fuck myself up. He's like, yeah, I got you. So I run the route and I lose track where I'm at and he launches it and I'm taken off and I run full speed into a concrete wall. Jesus. I got a huge scar on my stomach from it. I mean, I can show you guys, but probably most people are listening at home. Um, are listening, but whatever. I have a scar on my stomach now, and I had to go to the emergency room for six hours because the bleeding would stop. Wow. So I go to the emergency room. I can barely walk. I'm so locked. I thought I, I could have died. Like there was posts, like literally a concrete wall I ran into with my full speed, sprinting, didn't stop at all. So finally, so this is 16 days before my workout. So I'm talking to my agent, talking to him. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I can't, I can't walk. It starts gradually getting better right before the workout. You know, we haven't told the bills this because I'm hoping, praying that I can run and get to this workout and perform. So I want to make this team. Maybe it's like, you know, it's last minute. Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to the workout or do you want to just say, Hey, like I need a week. I'm like, dude, if I say I need a week, they're not going to freaking sign. They're going to go another direction. You know, they're not going to just wait on me, you know? So I go, fuck it. Like I'm going to try and go and do this feeling okay. You know, I'm, I'm like the day before, like I'm running, I'm like, okay, I can sprint. So I'm like, okay, perfect. Like I'm gonna be able to do this, get there, go on the field, you know, Dable, everybody, uh, Sean, uh, McDermott, the head coach then ever, you know, we're, uh, running routes, killing it, explosive. Everything's feeling fine. Halfway through the workout. I just feel a big grab and I tear my groin right where I hit my, hit my stomach. Locked up that I tore my groin out for six months. That's how my NFL career ended from hitting that freaking wall, from training, from rehabbing for the bachelor. And that year, while I was hurt, I had about six more teams call needing a tight end, but Mm. I was out with a torn groin and I couldn't come. So, yeah, it's a sensitive subject, man. But it's crazy how it's crazy how things work. And that's how that's how my career ended. I always said, you know, I want 10, 11, 12 years. And I think I would have got it if that freak accident didn't happen. But uh, unfortunately, man, everything happens for a reason. I say, who knows? And then I end up going on paradise, you know, that following year. But yeah, that's how my friggin' football, my last game, my last football game I played was on the freaking bachelor. How about that? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that is kind of crazy. I mean, what I took away from that is it's pretty damn cool that you had the respect of Brian Dable to just be like, Hey man, if you want the job, it's yours. Yeah. I just had to come in and freaking be healthy. healthy. Like this guy's the head coach of the New York Giants, So his word holds some merit. So I think that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Now, now would you say you, do you ever 
like think back and regret going on the bachelor? I mean, in, I mean, it's kind of, t- it's a tough, you know, and it's not to say that like, if you don't go on the bachelor, maybe, I mean, who knows what happens? I guess I'm just saying like with the, the butterfly effect of the way things kind of played out, you know? In hindsight, absolutely, dude. Who wouldn't say they regret that? I, I mean, like, if I would have known that I break my wrist and it leads to me, like, running into this wall and, like, my NFL per- – league minimum for – I mean, even if I'm just looking at it completely financially, I mean, league minimum for a year for a nine-year veteran is, like, a million bucks, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, Decent. financially, like, I don't – you're going to, you know – you've you've messed up and then you're getting your 401k double matched you're getting your another year of annuity another year for pension another year on top of your severance another year on top of your health care like financially just yeah obviously every year matters mm-hmm. but um football I'm a, like to me i'm a football player and i mean if i would have known that that would have happened in hindsight no chance i go on the bachelor but you know i thought hey this is a dating show how the heck like i didn't it didn't Register. Why would you think that? Right. right. I mean, register that I'd be doing like activities where I could actually get injured and um, it would lead down that path. So unfortunately that happened and that's how my career ended. So did you make some good friends on the show I or at least in paradise? Friends. Yeah. I made a bunch of good friends. Grocery so, store, Joe, grocery store, Joe, grocery store. Joe is one of my best friends. I was just at an <laughs> uh, engagement party. We've had a lot of fun. I got my cousin, Andrew, who's a Chicago guy too. Maybe you guys could have him on. He loves talking sports on the show. Definitely. So there's some cool things that came from it. Like, um, it's the Chicago guys, man, they're the best. Yeah. Fucking right. But the show in general, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, I didn't know like all the, like the little politics about it and, how they can try to like edit something to make something look a certain way. And yeah. It's like this whole, it's like this whole group of guys. Like I respect football players, right? Because mm-hmm. they actually have like done something with their lives. Like some of these bachelor guys, like they think they're like Leonardo DiCaprio. It's like, <laughs> bro, you went on the bachelor. Like you got casted for a reality TV show. And it's like this competition, like who could like have a better edit and look better on TV and get more Instagram followers and like try to make money from like advertisements and stuff like that. Like, dude, I, I grew up with football players, played college football. Some of these guys live at home with their parents and they go on this show and like people like, oh my God, he's like the best guy. I'm like, dude, to me, I respect guys that like have done stuff and like have a business and like not just have a track record. Yeah. And try to (laughs) get famous by going on a TV show. And I know I was on said TV show, but to me, that whole world is something that I didn't realize like how it was. And like these producers are like trying to manipulate drama and try to try to make someone look bad just for like a little bit of ratings. And it's like this whole, like, I don't know. It's an interesting thing, which was cool experience. I'll, I'll be able to tell a lot of stories. And I did meet some cool guys, some friends. Like if you guys met some of these, some of these dudes are weirdos, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, just even looking at some of the, like the job descriptions, these guys are pretty funny. Like what they do for a living. And you the could, job, yeah, you could just. Descriptions are fake. They make these things up. And these people think that they're really like their job descriptions. Like nobody's job description is really like what they did. Like these guys, you think these guys would really have jobs if they went on like TV, even like my best friends, like everybody's job description is BS. There's some guys that are actually legit, but like the majority of guys, like this stuff is like fabricated. It's all perception is reality. If you've ever heard of that, which is. Yeah, so that's why, like, I got to imagine, like you said, you made friends with some guys, but there's got to be some other guys there where you're just like, fuck, like, I cannot tolerate. Who was the, the guy that I, I, did he say he was like a, a golden retriever or he's like a puppy? He kept referring to himself as a dog or some shit like that. From my season? This is just, I'm looking at Jordan. Is oh, that- Jordan. Yeah, that's a character yeah. right there, man. Like, that's the, I mean, hey, <laughs> but here's the flip side of that. Some of these guys take this bachelor stuff. And make millions of dollars. Right. Millions. Not, like, hey, not, they're, they're, not, they're, they're not there for the right reasons. No, but hey, <laughs> if you told a guy, if you told somebody, if you go and you play this right, a guy that say you're, you know, you're a, you're a beer truck delivery guy. Like one of my buddies was a beer truck delivery guy or something. I don't know. You tell these guys, you have a chance. If you play this right, 
there's, there's 30 of you, five of you guys will make a million bucks from this and you're making 50 K a year, you know, working hard. And all you got to do is portray yourself a certain way and go on this TV show. And there's guys that have made over in my season, my, other people's season, some of these deals, some from some of my good friends, they will make $150,000 in one deal just to make an appearance and do an Instagram post. They'll make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. Even I don't have a big following. I'm not an influencer. I don't have a manager. I'll make six figures a year doing, doing deals. And I don't even go after this stuff. If somebody right. me up and they're like, yo, like, do you want to, like last week I went to the U.S. Open with Evian Water. You know, mm. they're going to pay me X amount of dollars to go to the U.S. Open, make an appearance and post some stories about it or some posts about it on Instagram. I Optum Nutrition. I work with Optimum Nutrition on a year-long contract because I have like an Instagram following mostly from this show. So there's some benefits with for that, but like for me, like I don't need this stuff. If you're a guy that like didn't have anything going, you're making, you know, 40, 40k a year, you're living. Yeah, your it's life. like a golden ticket for some of these guys. Hey, you got casted for this show, go for it. But the thing is is it's all this like big, like perception of guys just trying to do that. And they're trying yeah. to portray themselves. In a almost way. like you're kind of selling yourself out a little bit. There's, and then the producers, you're trying to be as good as friends as you can with these producers because you know that they're going to be the ones that edit things a certain way. So I'm very like just turned off to like the whole bachelor world. My cousin's like still in it. So I still like watch a little bit of it. And I got some buddies that have, been in and out of it. My buddy Nate was just on this last season. And, um, and then they got this whole like cancel culture thing. Like my buddy Nate was going to be the bachelor, but like some girl came forward and was like, yo, Nate's an asshole. Like he dated me and was mean. And then they like canceled Nate. So I don't know. I got canceled. I got canceled for saying <laughs> Michelle was the most beautiful bachelorette I've ever seen. One of the best rats. And literally it was on headlines. Clay Harbor calls Michelle the most beautiful because people were saying that I was judging women by calling her beautiful. If you look up controversial comments, Google it right now. Michelle, Clay Harbor, Michelle Young, Us Weekly, whatever. Clay Harbor, Bachelorette comments, Michelle. I go, Michelle is beautiful. And they tried to cancel me. For <laughs> it must just be part of the trade-off. If you're on the show, like you have to just accept you're going to get canceled at some point. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, this is wild. So that's the part of the world. And these fans, like I love football fans and like some bachelor fans are good, but some of these people are like just absolute trolls, man. Like yeah, they right. just troll people and they're just haters. You got to turn the comments off at that point. I don't care. But a lot of my, a lot of my friends said, Oh, do you see Reddit? Do you see, I go, bro, who looks at that? Why do I care what somebody says on Reddit about me? I'm living my real life right here. <laughs> pretty damn good. You know, yeah, like, yeah for I sure. Don't have any issues in my life? So this person that's in their mom's basement eating potato chips can talk and say what they want, and I'm fine. Sorry, I could not be more appreciative of your attitude about this whole thing. Seriously, awesome. don't care. You can say whatever you want. It's not <laughs> affecting me. You know, I'm gonna go back and collect my pension check and live my life, and you guys have fun talking about and the enjoy watching football. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But did they make you sign like it, like an NDA or anything? And did you like have to wait a certain amount of time? Yeah, you can't talk. You can't talk about the show um, until like X amount of weeks or months after you've been off. But honestly, for me, like I was the only guy that said, "I don't care." Like I told <laughs> them, that's probably why they hated me. Like you're supposed to like send all the, like the advertisements to them and stuff. Like, I remember it was like Casey's Pizza like hit me up and they're like, "Yo." <laughs> Like you want to do this ad for like a post for like 20k? I'm like 20k to put like yeah. I'm like, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like ads for people like you can't do that. You're still under contract. Like, like sorry, it's too late. <laughs> I just yes. Got you know, a picture of you eating the pizza. Fuck. Best breakfast pizza <laughs> around. Pizza. I grew up in. You guys know what Casey's Pizza is? You're from the yeah, it, of course. Yeah. Wait, I want. I might be getting confused. Is it like it's? That's not like gas station pizza, is yeah, it? Yeah, like the breakfast pizza from Casey's. But it's good gas station pizza, man. It, it is gas station pizza. <laughs> yeah. Iowa, oh, when you're fucked up, Iowa University. On so Halloween, that's what I. That's exactly what I thought. Of. I've never had it, but I hear, I hear people talking about it all the time. Coming back from University of Iowa, getting Casey's pizza. <laughs> I wouldn't touch it anymore. But back in the day, you know, 
high school, you need some food, you know, you're hungry. You know, you go by, oh, let's just go by Casey's, boys. We'll grab a slice. 15 <laughs> bush lights deep, that'll happen. Yeah, get a 30-pack of bush light and we're good. <laughs> house, maybe. I don't know. Oh, I love it. Well, shit, Clay, we don't want to keep it much longer. I know we've, we've, <laughs> we've been going for a while here, but we're going to have to have you back on later in the season and break down some bears, maybe a little more uh, – We'll rip on some ba- the bachelorettes or the bachelor. Yeah, you're, you're definitely you're definitely gaining fans by the minute here. I yeah, know. I love this. I'm gonna get canceled by the bachelor fans talking. Yeah. About- <laughs> Wait, so no, I'm reading the headline. It says bachelorettes Clay Harbor slam for rude comment on Michelle Young's looks yeah, as dude. he insists it was a compliment. That's okay. Hey, hey, our Twitter our Twitter army has your back now. I appreciate that. And I'm uh, so I'm coming out with a uh, a podcast with. Uh, with Buddy, I'll have an announcement on that um, soon. But uh, you guys will have to come on and shoot the shoot the shit with me, and um, you know we'll, we'll have to. Uh, I'll, I'll come back on with you guys, and uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'd love to come on and talk bears. And yeah, then, yeah we're gonna get a twenty four twenty one dub this weekend. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Dub bears. Dub bears. Where can uh, right. where can people find you on social media uh, if they aren't already following? Um. So Twitter. If you want to just talk sports, talk ball. My Instagram honestly kind of sucks. I want to turn it <laughs> into more of a sports type page, but all my followers are like Bachelor Nation people. So the only time I get engagement is like when I'm like hanging out with like other Bachelor people. So honestly, I think the the people that are watching this probably want to follow me on uh, on Twitter. And that's at uh, at Clay Harbs eighty two. Yeah, at Clay Harbs eighty two. Yeah. There we go. All right, Clay. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Awesome guys, yeah, Thanks, it was man. fun. You guys have a good night. You yeah, too, man. man. Sorry for sorry for keeping you so long. No, it's yeah, good. we were we were buzzing there for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Have a good one, man. Thank you. Later.